Audio Frontier. This is Football Daft with Stephen Purden. Midfield Dynamo and average actor. Chris Toll. Target man. Suspicious character. And... Happy New Year and welcome to a very special edition of Football Daft. I'm producer John and as you'll hear, it's a bit quieter because neither Chris, Stephen or Grado are here because they're still on their Christmas holidays. Don't worry, the show will be back in its normal form next week. But for this week, we thought we'd bring you the best of the guests from the last year. We've had some brilliant guests on, some great stories and we thought we'd bring you the best of them. So in the next wee while, you're going to hear from the likes of Charlie Adam, Yogi Hughes, Jim Leishman, Jonathan Watson, Frank McAvenny, Andy Gorham, Rob McQueen, Marco Negri, among many others. But we thought we'd kick off. Remember that time when we used to be able to do it from a studio and not via Zoom? Yeah, well we managed to do that a wee while ago with Barry Ferguson and Bob Malcolm. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Rangers Daft. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> Listen, we've got two absolutely stellar guests for the show tonight. They both started their career together at Rangers. Over 500 appearances between them for the old club. Um, and now they're... Oh! <laughs> <laughs> now they form the management team at Kelty Hearts. It's a bit naughty. <laughs> Please welcome former Cowden Beef midfielder Bob Malcolm. <laughs> <laughs> and former Fleetwood Town stalwart. <laughs> That's not bad for you. Yeah. <laughs> it was good. After defeats, we were coming in and it was just like, it's okay. Aye. We must stick together. No, it's no. It's no okay. Aye, exactly, aye. exactly. So I, aye, I let go after aye. the game up at Inverness. What, what actually happened? I was happened. I'll be honest, nothing major. He came in. We went one on up against Cali Thistle. They beat us 2 1. Uh, he comes in well. and I think we were sitting <laughs> fifth in the league at that time and he just come back in after the game the usual it's okay we must stick together we work again oh, I hear you aye I've had enough of this <laughs> stick aye. together this is Rangers is that what you this is you this is you aye aye did he shut yourself no I just went mental and then he just walked out the door uh, I went in didn't even get a shower I, I was raging that much aye. I just put my gear on Got on the flight, we flew for Inverness back down and I come in uh, the next day. Inverness. Oh, yeah. can't hide that EBT money, can you? <laughs> <laughs> and then I come in the next day. I come in the next day. That's no funny you, by the way. They come in, we were playing Muddle in Boxing Day. Mm-hmm. And he just says, Eve Kalu. Come into the, the assistant manager, mm-hmm. come into the, the dressing room at the training centre, says the manager wants to see you. I walks in the door, opens the door, went to sit down, don't you sit down, you are finished here. You go home. And know that way we are in a daze. Did he just so, say that? So I just walks out the I door and I goes in. And I get time, man. I gets my bag and all the boys are like, where do you go, fair girl? Where do you off to? And know that way we mm-hmm. it was a weird, there was in like a trance. Mm-hmm. Into the motor, drove out, he turned right to go and mem- no the in shop mm-hmm. that wee road I went and sat there for about 20 minutes thinking what, what the, the fuck, fuck going is on? going on here mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Nah. I've just been told then went home and the, the chairman at the time David Murray just says listen just sit tight stay away now and I'm thinking what something not right there 
And then, so he knew. He, right, he, he, he probably, probably knew what he was going to uh, do. Yeah. <clears throat> Must have been like just when Bob came back. Name, just, I was. I can honestly swear, my kids' mm. life. I was never disrespectful. Never. Mate. I done everything he said, but I just let it build up. I just mm-hmm. had enough of it. And at the end of the day, Rangers sitting fifth in the league. No. It, no. You, you can't accept that. How many Scottish Cup finals did Falkirk won? <laughs> How many Scottish Cup finals have Falkirk won? <laughs> Five. Which teams are in the League Cup final in England? Oh, I uh, League Cup final. <laughs> Liverpool and. <laughs> I've got Sheffield Wednesday I don't know Rangers Scott Arfield plays international football for what country? Scotland Which (laughs) (laughs) Which Japan (laughs) Which which English club did Lee Miller leave Falkirk for? What sorry? Which English club did Lee Miller leave Falkirk for? Uh, Hearts English club? (laughs) Sorry See I'm taking the the pressure right off of me Come on Football daft with G4 claims. Been involved in a road traffic accident? Call them now on 01698 767 172. What a career you've had, right? You've you've been almost the top scorer in England the year that none of it was televised or anything like that. Mm. So do you feel as if like, a, a big part of your kind of stardom gets stolen because you won me on the telly all the time? Nah. You he was. He was at David Beckham. You were probably. Uh, I was, listening, I, was I, I was I was the only one. I used to get I used to get any papers for on the front pages rather than the back pages. But it was. Uh, <laughs> I, I never let I never let anything in my football life. You know. So. I, well, you can't it. exactly shag a fucking supermodel on the pitch. Like. But no, I couldn't. I couldn't. <laughs> <laughs> Just the one. Just the one. <laughs> I remember standing talking to to, to Roy McGregor. Uh, after the game, we, we played um, Braithovers down at Kirkcaldy and um, we won 2 nothing. and Braithovers hadn't lost a game. And at that time, before I got the cancer, I was a big smoker, you know. Mm-hmm. I was there fat and that sort of stuff. The, um, and I remember um, after the game, the pitch, Roy McGregor came up, um, George Adams, and George Adams was the... Um, Directory football, I'd never worked with a directory football before, and I'd, I was already warned about him. So, um, however, we're the pitch, and I was seeing a fag in Roy come in and says, Well done today, manager. And George says, Aye, aye, the result was better than the performance, son. And I says, Is that right? I says, I see you giving opinions again. I'm like, You're not the boy for giving opinions when they're no fucking asthma. Um, <laughs> Says, uh, I'm just saying to you, you know, didn't get carried away with it. I says, Oh, look, I'm, I've only been in here. This is the sixth, the, the ninth game of the season, George, and this has to stop. You can't have any way to say about my job better. Stop asking me questions in front of the chairman. I've answered it as honestly as I can. In fact, I'm going to do something about the chairman. You'll need to do something about this. George will hate you. Uh, I'll either be George or me. He goes or I go. You couldn't. It was me. It was me. Put the door. <laughs> <laughs> so how how does a Yank football team sign a player for Gretna? How does that come uh, about? You've done it. <laughs> so my I I was uh, I was the happy right and uh, basically I um, like my agent my agent wasn't really doing anything. 
So like, or I felt as if my agent wasn't doing anything. I know that feeling, mate. <laughs> <laughs> so I basically had a, I had made a gentleman's agreement with Brooks, and he'd said, "Look, I know you've been treated shabbily, and if uh, if something good comes along, I'll no stand in your way, right?" Aye. So I took that as a green light to go and try and do uh, stuff. So I basically, I basically emailed. Like, I must have sent about 200 emails or something. So I, 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 I sent emails to all the teams in, uh, like, Australia, America. That's amazing. Um, Switzerland, uh, the German second and third tiers, Austria. Probably. And because and, uh, I, I had uploaded some, so it was difficult back then. To like, did you have a highlight reel all your goals? Aye. So, like, I had uploaded something onto a website, my pal had done it for me. I must have been about six volumes, man, all your goals, Kenny, man. (laughs) Well, you would think think so, eh? But, like, all that, all the the recording, eh, like, stuff that Gretna recorded was on VHS. (laughs) So, it it it, it wasn't easy to, like, eh, extract it. It wasn't easy to get that get uploaded. So, right. but luckily, I had the full of the Challenge Cup final right. with St Johnston, which was a good uh, a good game, and a few other games that I played with Northampton on Sky uh, live on Sky. So I, I had uploaded that. Right. But basically, the the uh, the American uh, the American I, I didn't even know who to send the emails to. I was sending it to generic club right. mailboxes, and I never heard anything back for like anybody. And, uh, and for the American ones, if you looked on the MLS website, there was like it's like the one website, and then you could click on like all the different teams. So basically, there was like email addresses for like the front office staff, so like the 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 secretary or like the the the, the club shop, and it was the name of the person like John Dot Smith at RealSaltLake.com. So I started I started typing in. The managers' names and the coaches' oh, names. That's smart. That's and smart. Putting the dots or no putting the dots and that. And I got a lot of delivery failures back. But they they go through. They go through. That's brilliant, man. Hey, by the way, it's no wonder you managed to get a fucking doctor at my man. Aye, that's <laughs> what I'm thinking. He's intelligent as fuck. I but came what came what So um, the the this agent for America phoned me. and Says. Uh, I, I, I've heard there's a couple of teams asking about you, um, and I got your na- I got your number for Kenny Miller, and I was like, "How the fuck is Kenny Miller got my number?" <laughs> but he had it was obviously Kenny Miller's agent, and he had Aye. like Aye. Kenny Miller had managed to find my number for somebody. But then this guy basically spoke to a few different, and then liaised with my agent, and it ended up that Real Salt Lake had kind of put in this discovery ticket that they can put in so they get first dibs on offering a contract because it's you sign with the league and uh, they, they came over to watch they came over to watch me and they were originally the general manager was going to watch me against Rangers and I was like oh you're kidding me <laughs> that's the worst possible game for me come and watch me this is this is a disaster and then uh, obviously it was at Ibrox so I scored two goals and he was supposed to be watching me midweek against uh, Kilmarnock as well. But when I scored the two goals against Ibrox, the phone started going to my agent. And 
like there were other teams were sniffing about and he just was like, no, I need to get this deal done. And then that was on the Sunday, I think the game was. And then I, I was in Argentina on the Friday at pre-season. You're joking. That's yeah, amazing. Man. But see how when you were sending these <laughs> emails, what, what kind of things were you saying was like, hi, I am a footballer in Scotland. I have scored so many goals. Were you putting in like the links to like being compared to Ronaldo and all this kind of carry on? Uh, so I did a CV and then the, there was a link to the, the footage and I put in that I was a doctor and all the rest of it. And, <laughs> But that's a slight lie. There was one other team that go back to me and it was uh, my mates had said oh, I dare you I dare you to send one to Barcelona and I was like, Oh well. I've got the email anyway, and I actually emailed Barcelona, and I got and I got a I got an email back to their scouting department to say, "I we've got an extensive scouting network. Um, if if we're interested, we would we we would we would already care about you, type thing." More brilliant stories just like Kenny Duker's on the way. But first, we've got to take a moment to say thank you to our sponsors, G4 Claims. A big thanks to Nicole and the team over there who have been a great support to this podcast throughout the year, and we couldn't have done it without them. So if you've been in a road traffic accident and it's not your fault, G4 Claims can make it easy for you. They provide you with complete accident management support you require. They'll recover costs from any at-fault party and they'll sort out a like-for-like vehicle replacement if you've been in an accident. They'll also organise the vehicle to be repaired at one of their approved body shops and return to you. Should your vehicle be deemed a write-off, they'll recover the pre-accident value of your car and they'll write you a big flat cheque for it. And best of all, it won't cost you a penny as they'll charge the at-fault insurance direct so you don't have to mess about any paperwork. They'll sort it all out for you. G4 claims they don't call, call you. you. You know, these annoying people that call you up and say, have you been in a road traffic accident? The guys over there don't do that. They don't buy data, so all your data will be secure as well. And once they've processed your claim, your insurance will remain unscathed, which is the best bit about it because you'll save money on your car insurance. And basically... the if they won't they won't take on your case if they don't think they can win it or help so get in touch if you have been in that accident we always say get in touch with Nicole and the team over at G4 Claims and um, you can get them on 01698 767172 that's 01698 767172 if you live in Scotland you'll get them at notatfaultclaim.com that's their website notatfaultclaim.com or get them on their social media channels G4 Claims Limited G4 claims, of course, the catchphrase, and I'm missing the boys for this one. Not at fault claims, made easy. So get on to Nicole and the team right now if you have been in an accident. But let's continue with the best of the guests in this special edition of the Football Daft podcast. And here's a story from one of our favourites, Owen Coyle. I bought a lodge, so the lodge I've never been in. And a lodge. <laughs> <laughs> This we're talking about that stuff. I'd a lodge, I'd a lodge up at Eric, Eric Morris State, which is at Dunkeld, just outside Perth. So anyway, it was the Easter holidays. Anyway, Jeff Brown rang me and they said, Oh, and they said, hey, would you be interested in St. Johnston manager's job? I said, Oh, Chairman, I've not applied for your job. 
He says, no, no, I know that, but you come well recommend. I've seen the job he did, obviously, at Falkirk uh, with Yogi. Your brother Thomas played for me. I know the family traits. I know your kind of values, your core values, your core principles. I'd love to have a chat with you about it. I says, oh, Chairman, I'd love the opportunity. He says, right, I'll drive down to Glasgow to meet you. I says, no, no, you don't have to, actually. I'm actually in, in Dunkeld. I says, I've got Holiday Lodge at uh, Burnham at Dunkeld. I says, we're up with the family for Easter. He says, right, I'll be out in 10 minutes from Perth to... So it was pouring the rain. So I've said to Kerry, well, I says, Kerry, you're going to have to take the kids out. She went, what? I says, it's a Johnson Chairman's coming. He's wanting to talk to me about the job. She says, Oni, it's pouring the rain. I says, I know that, but can you not take a minute? They've killed a walker. So anyway, she's got them already, the mats on, the buggies, and away they're going with me. So she's away in the pouring rain. Anyway, Je- Jeff Brown turns up, sure enough, 10, 15 minutes later. I says, oh, come in, Chairman. So you come in. You come in the door there. Then there's a, a wee kitchen area to your over the right hand side, there's a seat in the living area through there. So I could take a seat, Chairman. So he goes through and sits down. So I'm in the, the kitchen, but I said, Do you like a tea or a coffee? He says, Oh, I'd love a coffee. So I'm like, oh, fuck's sake, I only drink tea. So I drink tea. So I'm, saying, I'm trying to make a good impression. Yes, Mr. Chairman. No, Mr. Chairman. So I'm looking for this coffee. Anyway, I've actually found the coffee. So I made it. And because I only drink tea, my mugs are that size, huge big mugs of tea I drink. So two sugar milk, I take sugar milk for him. Where we go. Chatted easily for about. 70 minutes, couldn't have went any better on the chart of football, back and forth, dead relaxed, the way we are now, nothing, it was dead free flow and everybody had a bit to say, couldn't have went any better. So he said, listen on, I've loved the chat, I'll be in touch sooner or later. I said, thanks chairman, I've got to say I enjoyed that. He went, no, it was great son, thank you very much. So I see him out, so I went and grabbed my mobile phone, it's on silent obviously, 12 missed calls for Kerry, obviously went back in with the end. So I thought, <laughs> Is that you finished now? I says, aye, you come in. Aye, I won't come in, don't you worry. So she's in the corner. And it's been that much rain, you know, when you've come in, the wet and it's still running down your nose and all that. So it's trickling down. The kids are soaked through. So she says, that better be worth it. I says, Kerry, it couldn't have went any better. I said, the only thing was they threw me at the start. She says, ask for a coffee. Did I find the coffee? I said, I eventually found it anyway with it. She went, we've not got coffee. I says, I have. She went, that's Bristol gravy, you know. <laughs> Fun. By the way, he drank a lot. He fucking drank a lot. So, like, oh, no, fucking, so I picked the phone up and I phoned her. I says, Chairman. She's actually says, I've got an apology, mate. She says, What's that? I says, It turns out I was a coffee, mate. It was Bristol Gravy. She says, I thought it was a funny wee tang off it. <laughs> there was a few stories about him. When, when I was having a chat, I was away in pre-season Rangers and he used to he used to phone me every other day saying, Listen, you know, I want to bring you here and blah blah blah. And I said, Yeah. You know, because I, I wasn't too sure if I wanted to go to Blackpool. And he said, no, no, come here and I'll progress. I'll meet you. I, I, could, I could see it. you're going to be the main man in the team. I'm going to build a team around you. And I'm going to get you to Premier League. I believe that your ability is good enough to get you to play in the Premier League. And I was once he started saying things like that, you've got to believe a manager and trust a manager. And fortunately for me, he did. But there's so many things. We, we go and start training, like, probably have to be in for, say, 10 o'clock. And... At the time, we didn't really know, and then we found out he had two daughters are, uh, are deaf. So he'd come in and he'd explain everything, and he'd ha- had a bad night with his daughters, and the things were happening at schools. And But he was explaining it to us and telling us, and, and then he'd just go on a tangent about something else that happened in the news. And, and then by half 12, one o'clock, we still had the train. We still sat there waiting for the train. <laughs> so all of a sudden, the lads, are, the lads are like, right, Gaffer, are we going to train? He's like, Nah, you're all right. We'll just leave it today and that. So then... So it was just like, he just had to get something off his chest, but he wanted to share it with us because 
you know, he loved every one of us. He was, he felt that he, he, the trust in us and he just wanted to enjoy it all and he shared it all with us. And then there were some days, like, we'd come in to train buzzing for it. And this is like, I'm talking a Thursday, the day before big, you know, a Thursday before a big game or whatever. But say, lads, I don't feel like this today. We're going to go to the calf. So we used to walk around for the training ground to an old calf where all the builders and that were out. Like, used to go in for the breakfast. 20 lads, 25 lads would tip in, eat bacon, sausages and that, full English breakfast. And the lads just go home after that and just, that was what it was like. It was just, it was just brilliant. Just, my management was incredible. And he was Aye. just, he was on it all the time. And then we played Derby at Christmas time and we were, we were near the bottom of the late, like mid table and that. We were playing Derby. And normally we'd play like, stay overnight before and he said, right lads, I trust you so much that I'm going to get Christmas day off. You, you must meet at the hotel if you want to get on the bus at the stadium, but, but you've got to be at the hotel for half 11 for pre-match. So he sits there, he gets his all pre-match and he said, right lads, I've seen this thing. I was, I was watching telly last night and I've seen this. So I've come up with an idea. In that room, there's 11 teddy bears and your name will be under it. If your name's under it, you're playing. And if no, the rest is the subs. So you got to go in See if your, te- your name's there with teddy bear and that. So we had to take the teddy bears in our bags to the game. So we're sat walking off the bus, lads, with teddy bears. And, you know, so that we knew the team and that. But he was just amazing. He was a great guy. Still speak to him now. And he just, he's never changed. He just loves the game. And, you know, I'm surprised that, you know, he's never ever had probably an opportunity to, come, to go up to Scotland and manage because I think he did really well up there. Well, when, when I, obviously when I went, I was a kid. So I was in the youths. And that's when it was mainly all the, the Lithuanians and foreign coaches. So I never really got to train with many of them. I think I started training when it was actually Stevie Friel. Aye. I started training with the first team. And then obviously Shaba came in. But he he was a strange character, Shaba. Aye. Uh, what did he do? Just, he used to, he used to like slaughter the young boys. I remember we played the reserves and we were playing Celtic at Fourth Bank still in Albion Stadium and if Celtic win that day they would have won the reserve league so they had Paddy McCourt and stuff was playing and he was tearing us apart and it ended up it was 2-1 88th minute I scored to go to each and then I think it was we Scott Robinson scored the winner 3-2 obviously stopped him winning the league we came back in training on the Monday and Shaba was like oh it's, it's not good enough um you just can't lose to them and stuff. Like, what, what the fuck? What's he talking about? <laughs> he left 86 minutes. He thought we'd get beat 2-1. He didn't even know it for the team. We're looking at him like, what the fuck? That's the first team manager and he's slaughtering us for getting beat with mid-win. Fuck's sake. Have you got any Romanov stories? Oh, Rome, he was... Uh, he used to actually... So his interpreter he used to get training kit and come out and hit shots and he's an interpreter. And if, there, if there was no goals, he would just kick the ball and his interpreter would have to go and get the ball and bring it back to him. <laughs> well, when you're playing at school when you're the goalie, there's a goalie and it goes by the fucking, you have to go and chase the ball. Yeah, I swear. It was like a wee puppy dog having to get the ball from But I used to, like, we'd be training and then a couple of the boys would be like, by the way, he's got your boots on. He used to just go in the boots and my boots on as well because he was the same size as us. <laughs> I was the only one that was a size seven. He used to take my boots. That's <laughs> where I'd leave the joke. Football daft with G4 Claims. Been involved in a road traffic accident? Get them now at notatfaultclaims.com. Nakamura, mate. Talk to me about him. Was he not just the fucking best ever? 
Aye, he was my he was my top player I've played with. He was frightening, Un, unreal. What a guy as well. Kid had only couldn't speak English, so he didn't need to do any press, which I thought was brilliant. Um, oh, aye, but uh, <laughs> even even kid had only missed his teammates that he couldn't speak English. The ones he didn't know how to speak English to, but um, great, very quiet. He's we uh, he's we interpreter was brilliant. His his name was Maka, so he had Naka and Maka, which was great. <laughs> And he used to, he used to every day after training, he used to fire his wee interpreter in goals and hit free kicks into him. It was brilliant. So, so all us <laughs> were, every day, it was brilliant. And he, the wee guy would stand with the oversized Celtic jacket on, wee marker, <laughs> uh, you know, Eddie's knuckles, and he would stand, stand goal and try and save his free kicks that Vander Sarm guys couldn't save and he's diving about the, <laughs> diving about the goal in the fishing rain. It was brilliant. He used to all look at the window, looking at him. See, that guy's not getting paid enough for this half knacker. That was class. Right. Nah, what a player he was. What a player. He was awesome. Yeah, Jim, I didn't, I didn't realise that your son-in-law was Gordon, Gordon Smart. Uh, I didn't realise it either. <laughs> <laughs> you, usually you've been exposed to some kind of uh, A-list celebrities then, have you know? Oh, I... Uh, have you? Uh, Tell us. The... Uh, Gordon was a, when he was a showbiz editor of the Sun. Aye, Bingo's got the big wigs, didn't he? Aye, and uh, his house up at Tellerai, it's only maybe two miles from Tea in the Park. And uh, uh, all the guys, uh, they used to come to Gordon's house, the wee minibus, Gordon got a wee minibus between the racks or before it or just whatever, come out and my son, Jamie, he would have the barbecue on, eh? And I went up, Kasabian were playing. Right, they were the headliners. So I went up and there was a football game on, a World Cup game, I can't mind. So we were in there. It was Italy versus France. It was a World Cup final. I remember that's that. That's right, that's right. I remember that too. And uh, I'm sitting, I'm, I'm sitting with, uh, oh, what's his name? The, the, the guy that writes all the songs. Kasabian. Kasabian lead singer. Serge. 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 I was sitting with Serge, eh? I'm having a beer <laughs> or whatever. I'm sitting talking with and I, I was dying to tell my pals. So I went out to the tent and, I, and who's standing at the fence next to me with suds to madness, eh? I oh, saying, oh, I know, eh? I'm like this. I'm like this. I'm in my glory. How you doing? How you doing? I'm like, oh. and he's, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. I'm a great guy. I'm like a wee boy. Now, listen, this is a story, right? So Gordon, Gordon has got us backstage for the gig. And you, you know the main stage, right? Aye. At the side, there are the huge amplifiers. You know, you, you can... St- so I'm standing behind the amplifier, and I'm phoning my mates. Hey, whoa, 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 whoa. Ah, you're a blah. She says, watch your telly. Watch your telly. So I goes out to the mic. This thing, this thing. You did that. I'm going to get me whoop. I got chucked in. You get chucked to the team apart. After your son-in-law getting you backstage, too. What are you <laughs> I bet you get the biggest pop of the weekend too. When you I was like that, you. Yeah. He was going on a front tip. That's brilliant. I was going to give them a drifters one, but nah. Well, <laughs> <laughs> the tell us about getting signed for Man United. I remember at the time being my mind blown, right? But at the same time, thinking this makes absolute sense. What a signing! What a signing that I was. was. I was at Motherwell at the time, and. Uh, I had three months of my contract to go and I had nothing left after that. I was, I think I was 34. And I wasn't getting a contract after it. And then um, I get a phone call that morning. It was Coisty. 
fucking ten minutes of utter shite. <laughs> I'm in the car. My missus in the car with me. We're going down from Lanark down to the ground. And she said, who's that? I went, McCoy. I said, 10 minutes of utter shite. So I trained away, going back up the road to Lanark to the pub. We owned the pub at the time, Maisie's. And uh, the phone goes again. It was a gaffer. Well, Smithy was at Evan at the time. And he says, keep your phone on. Someone's going to ring you. I said, you got me a job, gaffer. He said, just keep your phone on. So I'm like, McCoy's in the morning. The gaffer in the afternoon, there's something going on. Mm-hmm. The phone went two minutes later. Go late. Alex Ferguson here. Bartis is injured and Van der Howe's injured. We've got Bayern Munich on Wednesday, Liverpool Sunday. We want you to come down for three months on loan. I said, Koiste, get the fuck. <laughs> I thought it was McCoy taking Sir Alex Ferguson's voice off. So the phone goes two minutes later. It's goalie, Ferguson here. You get 10 seconds to say, I know. I said, we down to now, Gaffer, I'll be down to now. And I went to United for three months. That there was Mr Andy Gorham. Um, unfortunately, he was one of the few guests that couldn't work Zoom, so we had to get him on the phone. We promise more brilliant guests like Andy across the next year. Um, and if you actually want to see our guests, obviously you couldn't see Andy because he used the phone, but you can check out the video version of the podcast. And the best way to do that is get signed up to our Patreon at patreon.com forward slash football daft and Patreon spelled P-A-T-R-E-O-N. Basically, it's a subscription service that you can sign up to and you'll get more content from the show. And we've got, we all love a tier in Scotland at the moment. And we've got three tiers set up on our Patreon, which you can choose from. Tier one is £5 a month. It's League One. On here, you're going to get early access to the episodes. You get an ad-free version of the podcast, so you don't have to listen to the ads or skip on from them. Uh, You'll get Patreon-only chat community, so we'll be talking with you guys on there. Uh, Plus, you'll get a full video version of the podcast, and that's only £5 a month, so it works out, you know, pound odd a week um, if you want to see the video versions and see Stephen and Chris and Grado in all their glory. Um, Tier 2 is a bit more expensive, £7.50 a month, but you know, you've got a bit of Christmas money just now, so why not spend it on this? Uh, You'll get everything in the Tier 1, plus you'll get the Offshoot podcast. If you're a Rangers or Celtic supporter, we do uh, Rangers daft with Stephen and Grado, and we do Celtic daft with Chris, uh, and we talk all things Rangers and Celtic on there. Um, If you're not a Rangers and Celtic supporter, though, don't worry, we've got more stuff on the Tier 2. We've got teammates where we have a little, you know, that thing they used to do in Soccer M. We basically just ripped that off. Um, and we've done that. We've also got other bits of bonus content that will pop up there, and you'll get to see all the outtakes from the show, and trust me, I have to edit this show, and there is usually about 20 to 30 minutes of outtakes on there, uh, which are all sometimes even funnier than the show itself, so you'll get that on Tier 2. Tier 3 is the Premiership Tier. It's limited to only 100 members, and we're almost reaching our limit now. So get on there if you want to get involved with that. You'll get a free Football Daft t-shirt if you sign up for a minimum of four months in there. And um, We'll get to play Chris or Stephen at FIFA. We must get those games organised. We keep saying that. And you'll get to be a pundit, or certainly get the first chance to be a pundit, on Rangers or Celtic Daft, because every week on the bonus podcast, we look for guest pundits. So you'll get the chance if you sign up to Tier 3. Um, we've got more stuff coming in the year. I've been speaking to the boys now. Really excited about getting more stuff onto the Patreon. So get signed up now. Patreon.com forward slash football daft. That's Patreon. P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com forward slash football daft. All one word. Um, 
get involved, we'll get you into our squad. But let's now continue with the best of the guests from Football Daft. And it's one of our guests that we made up a song to. It's Big Mixu. Big Mixu. I've got so much respect to Walter Smith. Fantastic coach, fantastic person, all that. Um, but of course, during the match, anything can happen. Even to somebody, a gentleman uh, like Walter Smith. And uh, and uh, nice, most innocent guy from Scandinavia, Mixoparma. So <laughs> what happened there was uh, our player. Our player was um, was was tackled right right close to the sideline, and uh, it was a, it was a late and and dirty tackle. I jumped off my bench, went right to the edge of my technical area, and I shouted to my player, "Don't react! Don't react! He's off! He's off! Don't react!" Oh. Right? Off. That's he what off. happened. I broxed. I broxed. You know, the, the, the noise. Couldn't hear a thing. Um, and, uh, and then uh, I turned to go back to my seat and Walter was there <laughs> in my technical area. <laughs> he was there. And uh, I said to him that, you know, get off. That's <laughs> um, <laughs> what you said. <laughs> Could you please, uh, uh, could you please exit my technical that. area? I said, could you please exit my technical area? <laughs> <laughs> no, it, it was really heated. So, pizza. And then, <laughs> and then uh, when Walter was uh, sent to the stand, um, I wasn't. I was, I was, I'm la- la- happy to say. After the game, obviously, you know the tradition is that uh, visiting manager goes to their home host manager's uh, office um, for a cup of tea or glass of wine or whatever. Yeah, and uh, we talk about maps. We talk about you know whatever, um, um, and the next opponents and and all that. So I'm I'm shitting myself. <laughs> Walter Smith, and I'm I'm a young I'm a, I'm a novice I'm young young co- coach young manager, and uh, and uh, said to my assistant, right, right guys, let's go, you first, and then uh, <laughs> then uh, we got to the door, we got to the manager's door, and I just opened it just that much, you know, just a little bit, and you know, peeked peeked in. And he obviously, he noticed me. He noticed me, uh, you know, just peeking. And he says, he says, big man, come in, come in. <coughs> he came to me, came to me, hugged me. Big man, how can I apologize enough? And, uh, you know, brilliant. Um, and I said, how can I apologize enough? What I told you. And, uh, and, uh, and, and, and all that. And then we just laughed it off and... Uh, uh, brilliant. Do you know what? I, do you know I, I've spoke to this. Uh, I've spoke to you about this before, Johnny. But what I used to always notice when I was younger, I'd go, "How did he get that club tie? How did he get that tracking? How did he get that?" Do you know what I mean? Because every year you always had the exact 
gear that the manager was wearing, the exact well, same I've, always I've, I've got to say that uh, both, uh, all the clubs, in particular Rangers and Celtic, have been very, very good at supplying uh, you know, bits and bobs that we've needed and we, and we wouldn't be able to get in the shops. They've been, they've been good that way. The, my my, my favourite story about that, though, is um, a number of years ago, not that long ago, um, I think, actually, I think it was with uh, Neil Lennon's first spell as manager at Celtic. Uh, we were looking to do these sketches and we're having this production meeting and uh, the costume department said, we can't get this, you know, that, that uh, Celtic tracksuit, we can't get it. It's a green tracksuit with uh, white, gold and black and the inside collar. But it wasn't in sale for the general public. So I said, well, look, leave it with me. I'll, I'll see what I can do. So I, I phoned Chick up, Chick Young, and I said, uh, listen, we're trying to go to this tracksuit. Do you think you could maybe ask if uh, Lenny if there's a chance of getting a, a hold of one? And he said, I'm doing the Celtic Inverness uh, Caledonian game at the weekend. I'll give him a shout, right? So um, he met him beforehand, doing the sort of pre-match interviews. And at the end of it, he said, uh, listen, uh, we Johnny was asking uh, any chance of getting the tracky top. He's need this sketch. And Lenny's like, oh, for fuck's sake. Unbelievable. So uh, he said, I said, that'll be fine. I'll be okay. So, uh, big Terry Boots, who was manager of Inverness at the time, I really remember, Inverness beat them, right? And the crowd were going nuts, and Lenny had a big argument, a big step to with some fans, and he was, oh, he was raging. And of course, that after, after match interviews, big, t- big Terry's going first, he's like that one, you know, full of the beans and all that. Cut to Lenny, he's raging. And at the end of it, <laughs> Chick said, eh, Lenny, me Johnny's tracksuit, what do we do? <laughs> but he, he ended up, he, he did, to be fair, I think John Clark went and got it. Mm. And uh, he got it in a bag. I did the sketches and then I gave it back to check. Now, I put a bottle of Blue Nun in it. <laughs> <laughs> One one I remember, one I remember. It was from those early days in Aberdeen local radio. I, w- I was commentating on a European game with Aberdeen, and there was a minute silence beforehand. And the only thing that I'd read in the local paper that that could explain it to me was that the Gothenburg goalkeeper's uncle had died, and there was a doubt that he could play in the game at Pataudry. Um So I had sixty seconds to think about it during the minute silence, and so I went for that. After as I said, that of course was for the Gothenburg goalkeeper's uncle. Blah 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 blah. And uh, my girlfriend at the time was sitting beside me now, my missus, who um, sort of when I took my headphones off at the end of the game, she said, you know, you're great at reading the back pages of newspapers. You should maybe read the front pages now and again. Did you not know that the Swedish Prime Minister, Olaf Palme, was assassinated on Tuesday? (laughs) (laughs) Football daft with G4 claims. Been involved in a road traffic accident? Call them now on 01698 767 172. But he was an absolute genius. He was an absolute... The other time was uh, back in Trinidad. Um, as I say, that was it. That's the Shreeboat. I think Russell, when he first came to Falkirk, he couldn't even hold a golf club. When he left Inverness, he was playing off his scratch golf. And Yorkie, I think Yorkie's a scratch golfer and I think uh, Lara's a scratch golfer. So they try and play on all the pro arms over that way. When you... When you talk about Inverness, somebody got a fire. That's my wallet.
Que já morreu. Mas, mas, Laura's got a ranch. And it's when Annie's got on at night and Brian Lara says to him, listen, Russell, he says, uh, watch what you're doing because I've got a few other guests. Russell says, I ain't bother. So he gets up in the morning, comes down in the kitchen and a guy's in the fridge. Russell goes, morning. The guy pulls his seat back in the fridge and goes, morning. Mick Jagger. He's <laughs> <laughs> serious. Russell tells me, is he serious? He went, aye, aye. He says, Mick Jagger right into his cricket. He says, love the cricket. So, Marco, we obviously need to touch on your injury. Now, obviously, there's been rumours circulating for years. There's always myths and you hear wee stories about what actually happened. But, Marco, what did actually happen with your injury? Well, it happened uh, the most bizarre injury in uh, Scottish football, you know, because uh, I heard uh, some funny story. I heard uh, other... uh, not so funny story, but the truth is that uh, was a day off because Wednesday usually was a day off uh, for a Rangers club. But in Italy, we used to training every day. And uh, in the middle of the week, uh, we training uh, twice in the morning and the afternoon. So I decided to training also during the day off. And I was just training alone in a park. Uh, I was doing some gym, uh, but it was boring. So I decided to go to playing uh, squash at the Living Well uh, in the city center of Glasgow with uh, Sergio Porini because uh, really I was thinking that squash was uh, the perfect uh, training for a striker, you know, it was like uh, a penalty box area, a lot of re- reflex, a lot of uh, short run and I love playing tennis so I... I said, okay, we can go there so we can have some fun and have some fit. Unluckily, I chose the wrong guy because the ability with the hands of Porini are worse than on the feet. So you can understand that he's really, <laughs> he was really, really bad. But, uh, you know, it's a, it's a bizarre injury. But uh, it's something that uh, now, after more than 20 years, uh, I can speak with uh, a smile on my face. Uh, but believe me, it was really, really tough uh, thinking that uh, I was scoring 30 goals. Uh, I was on the top of the league uh, with uh, the Rangers. We were uh, winning the 10 in a row. I was uh, winning uh, the Golden Boots, uh, some national uh, team uh, Kappa was uh, coming, so, and uh, you go to play with uh, squash, and, uh, you know, the ball hit me straight uh, in my eye, and uh, my retina was just uh, fluttering, and I couldn't see very well. The funny story is uh, that uh, after my injury, we were looking for a hospital, you know, so we took a taxi, and I told uh, the guy, okay, uh, first hospital, uh, closest hospital uh, to, the, to the living well. So uh, the taxi stopped. I was entering to, the, to this hospital, but it was a maternity, you know. It was uh, when the woman gave the birth, the Rotterdam <laughs> hospital. So the lady on the hold uh, told me, hey, we can help you, you know. We can help you because I was there with the eyes on my eye. And uh, she couldn't understand. And uh, she told me, hey, this is the wrong, the wrong place for you. So then uh, we reached uh, another, uh, another hospital. But uh, the bad news was that uh, my, 
retina was affected. Uh, I had uh, uh, blood uh, in my ears, uh, so the problem was very, very big. And then, uh, you know, problem started because I was uh, two months and a half uh, without uh, the chance uh, to training because the pressure on my eyes was very, very high. I couldn't fly home because uh, the pressure of the cabin of the plane uh, was dangerous. It was a tough time, you know, at the time. And then, uh, if you are a footballer, you are expecting an injury like a ACL, like, a, I don't know, the back, the shoulder. But believe me, you know, a, a ball in a high in a, your first squash game. Oh, your first? Yeah, yeah. Fast and last night. No, no, yeah, was a both. Was the first and the last. <laughs> Two games. Aye, well, what happened was we had a director at the time, um, Giovanni De Stefano, who eventually I think I think he might still be um, serving under Her Majesty's pleasure. <laughs> uh, so I think he might still be uh, tasting some porridge somewhere. But anyway, um, he wanted a celebrity sign him. And he kept at me. So we tried to get Gaza and I had arranged to meet Gaza and God love him. He, 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 he missed the, the opportunity. He came up the train one day and obviously, you know, he had a few drinks and, 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 and it, it didn't work out. Anyway, but so we tried to get that and then there was a couple of other players. Um, he might know the stories. I don't want to bore you all the stories. But he, he then said to me, he, he had agreed to get um, uh, Edgar Davids. The Oof. Dutch international. Nice. I, I remember this. Aye. Aye. And he said to me, Oh, I've got all agreed. All you have to do is go to, um, you know, uh, Chiran and, and convince him to, to come to Dundee. And I was laughing at him. I'm like, What? Ted Gardavid? To Dundee? As he's like, Oh, 90 grand a week. He's got he's in his apartment outside of Chiran. I said, You're wanting to come and play against Brecon as he's in the, in the, in the Four Fisher Cup. You know what I mean? So, <laughs> with a big, beautiful big hedge in the background, that'll really entice them. So, anyway, that kind of fell through and then um, just what happened, that happened to be, um, he, he said to me something about Ravenelli and obviously I was quite friendly with, with Luca Vialli, who had been at Chelsea. So, uh-huh. Ravenelli and Luca were pals. So, I ended up contacting Luca and we managed to kind of get a hoddy Ravenelli and um, he agreed to come, so that's Until pretty much it. So, so yeah, when he when he came in, it, it was it was a bit surreal, you know, you, you know the silver fault, you know, the, and he just, I mean, he just again, you're talking about good looking guy, but it, there was just something about him. He, he could have been a, he could have, he could have been a mafia hitman in one aspect. The way you look through that, that kind of. You know, imagine him, just, aye, just amazing looking. Smelling good and all that. Just aye, like, oh, aye, 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 Tell you what, Matt, you should get Martin on this because he's, he's a brilliant character. Like, what a brilliant guy! Like, a good he's he's a cracking boy, man. Are you talking about Martin Geisler or Comston? Aye, Geisler, Geisler, aye, aye. <laughs> I was talking about Comston. Let's get a few them on and we can, we can get them in a gale the story again. Oh, what was that? Aye, Martin Geisler's brand new, man, aye. Well, I'm saying Martin Comston's brand new. Oh, I know. <laughs> no, honestly. Geisler, Geisler's brilliant. Like, expelled from school, right? He went to a posh school in Edinburgh, got expelled. 
uh, never got a helping hand in his career, worked his way up and he's, you know, got, did it all himself. Fuck and then he, apparently, apparently the posh school he went to, right, George Watson's, once he became famous in the TV as a war correspondent and all the rest of it, they put a picture of him up in the pavilion at the rugby ground at George Watson's in Edinburgh and he heard about it, marched into the school, took the picture off the wall, smashed it and said, you fucking expelled me, get that picture off the wall and disappeared. I just say that. No, he's, he's a hard, he likes a scrap, guys. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's quite tidy, like he knows how to handle himself. Like he's uh, not afraid of a bit of violence. Fuck he, um, had a I would walk Grado would try and get funny with him in a night out if he bumped into him. Uh, Imagine Grado came in, a football daft, and say, "What happened, Martin Geisler? Kick fuck out me the weekend." <laughs> 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 in the paper, guys are letters grado. <laughs> so that's it for this week's football dad. Like I say, normal service will be resumed next week as Stephen Grado and Chris return. In the meantime, please subscribe, rate, review us on Apple or wherever you get your podcast. Remember, you can get more content, including a video version of this podcast, at patreon.com forward slash football daft and check out our social media of course uh, always putting bits of the show and bits of banter up there you'll get us on twitter at football daft pod football daft podcast on instagram and just search for football daft on facebook but we've got to leave you with one more story and it's probably our favorite story that we've had on football daft this year it was from mr mark reynolds dundee united captain and he told us about an incident with Archie Knox in the Aberdeen dressing room. We had a meeting at, at Motherwell, right? <clears throat> in fact, it was a Motherwell, and it was Aberdeen, changing room at Aberdeen, and uh, Archie Knox was like that, when it was a shite result, and Archie Knox would come in and just rule, like, uh, Keith Lasley spoke about it before, he used to do, after the game, he used to put on, he used to get dressed, right? Everybody that walks under will tell you this. He used to put on his shirt and his tie and then his shoes and his sock or his socks and his shoes. No pants, no trousers. <laughs> and then the moment he'd put his shirt and tie and his, his shoes and socks on, he then decided he'd something to say. So he would stand up <laughs> and that uh, <laughs> would start going mental. And, and we're all sitting. So we're sitting at this level. Just like, like what the f- What's happening here? Like, and he's gone mental and you're just like... One time he'd done this, but he'd actually get fully dressed, so it was a blessing. And he was talking about spunk, and he was saying, Football players need spunk. He's like, That's my ingredients. Like, you've either got it, or you've got it. He says, You've either got spunk, or you're a shite bag. You've either got or. And then. He went round the changing room and gave us a noise if we were either a spunk or a shite bag. No way! I've never seen a, I've never seen a room of grown men wanting a man to go in my face. I'm like, I'm making spunk and you're up right. Honestly. And uh, he's like, you, shite bag. You're going to be in the trenches. You're done. And, and to be fair, Reynolds, he's like, I've walked before, but I spunk. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm fucking right up to you, dude. <laughs> Audio Frontier.